Mora conducts physician-led support groups, helping people live healthier, happier lives, free from chronic diseases like diabetes, hypertension, and obesity. And on our podcast, Health and Mora with Dr. Lori Marbus, we bring to you nutrition and lifestyle medicine experts and extraordinary guests to empower and inspire you with their knowledge and stories of plant-based lifestyle so that you can be your healthiest self. So welcome to the podcast. And today I have a really excellent guest, guys. You're going to love this. And it's Javant and he is healthy vegan eating on Instagram. And um, I've been following for a bit and I'm just so fascinated. One of all, one thing, your voice is like draws in. It's like, I have to listen to the, like, I have to be somewhere I could turn on the sound. And um, so welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be Uh, here. Well, um, first of all, I'd love to get started with your journey into plant-based eating. How did this all come about? Well, it's a long story, long story, because it kind of, you know, took place over a number of years. And um, I always tell people when they ask me how I got into eating healthy or became vegan, um, I got in it what I consider to be um, the worst way possible, the worst way possible. And that is, I had a health scare, you know? And um, so, so, so many of us know that we should eat better and exercise and do these kind of things. And we make New Year's resolutions, but, but fall off a lot. And I was that person. Um, and so um, over time, I put on a lot of weight in my you know, late 20s, early 30s. And then I became pre-diabetic, pre-hypertensive. Um, yeah. And then I had some, a, a really scary health scare. And some tests were being run. So it was at that point that I said, wow you know, um, I'm mortal, man. And I, I've got to, I got to figure out uh, what to do here because I was, I was, I was afraid, honestly. And so I just started doing some research about health and how to get healthy and how to, you know, reverse disease and this kind of thing. And it was then that um, I was exposed to doctors and different people saying, Hey, I've, I've reversed my type two diabetes. I've um, cleared my atherosclerosis. I've done all these things um, by switching my diet to a plant-based diet. And so I was intrigued and, um, and, and I just, I just, you know, kept, uh, kept researching, kept reading and, uh, and started changing my diet. I started juicing at first and getting rid of some things. And uh, so it was very progressive for me over a long period of time that I became, you know, um, I got to the point where I am now. Mm. Well, it, it certainly would never guess that you had any health issues. You look glowing and healthy and just Thank wonderful. You. So over the course of time, when would you say, how long have you been fully plant-based then? Um, I would say, a, 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 see, it, it's, it's difficult because, um, it, again, it was very progressive for me. So I gave up meat a long time ago. Okay. Um, I gave up meat a long time ago, but I still ate fish because a lot of the research I was doing, I was feeling like fish was necessary for the omega-3s and just certain nutrients and things that I felt if I let fish go, you know, I want the iodine and just different things, I was a little concerned. Sure. Um, and so I was on again and off again, pescatarian, but I would say that um, fully um, uh, plant-based, uh, no meat, maybe two or three years that it's been okay. that. Um, but a long time with mostly plant-based and just a little bit of, little bit of fish. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. And so when did you really notice that your health situation improved? Like what, how did you notice? Like what was the first thing you started noticing in your own body and your experience? And you're like, mm-hmm. wow, I'm really onto something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, um, I think it was the weight. The first thing was the weight. Because again, I was about 90 pounds heavier than I am now. 
And um, and that that weight started to come off, right? And um, and even people were saying, well, "You're losing weight, aren't you?" In the beginning, I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I am." And so that was the first thing. And then with the weight loss, I started to feel more energy and more energetic. Um, and so those those were the first things. The first signs was just the weight loss and just having more energy. Um, that's wow. what I noticed. That's fantastic. So and then with the energy. Um, you're busy on Instagram and making, I know that takes a lot of intensity. So when did that start? When did you have the first inclination to start sharing your skill set with others and your knowledge? Yeah, that, that was, um, it's kind of ironic that I'm doing social media because I was a guy <laughs> that was the last one to get a cell phone. And then I, I held on to the flip phone for longer than everybody <laughs> else. Everybody was, Where are you going to get a real phone? Um, <laughs> And so, um, and so I had never done TikTok or Instagram. Um, I had a Facebook account, wasn't active on it, you know, um, but what happened is that, um, you know, I, I thought to myself when I, when I made the change and I lost the weight and I felt good and I, and I was, you know, becoming muscular and just feeling great, people would ask me, well, what did you do? And I would talk about it. Then they'd ask me more questions. And whenever I would talk about nutrition, I would see people reacting in a way like, wow because I was really passionate about it, even not knowing. And after we talked, they go, man, you ought to, you ought to teach somebody or coach or do something with this, man. Like you're really, you know, passionate about this. And I, and I, and I like what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and so I started thinking about that. And then some people say, well, you ought to go on social media. And I was like, no, I don't have any credentials. I'm going to go back to school. And uh, mm -hmm. so that's one of the reasons that I'm thrilled to talk to you because my dream job was, you know what, I'm going to go, go to school, go to college. Um, and I'm going to become a, a, a plant-based dietitian or doctor, right? Awesome. Or a PA. I was thinking a PA, right. a PA or a dietitian, plant-based. Sure. Um, and so I went back to college for about a year and a half. But I really had a problem when I took my nutrition course. Some of the <laughs> things that they were, some of the things that they were promoting, and some things oh, they were yeah. putting out there, I was like, I can't authenticate. This isn't. I don't. This isn't genuine to me to to how I feel about things. Um, so I nixed that. Um, and then I kept thinking, social media, you ought to try social media, you ought to try. I was like, nah. And then finally I said, you know what? Okay, I'm going to give it a try. And I was really deliberate about it, really deliberate. So um, before I even launched on Instagram, I made a lot of videos, I made a lot of little Ooh. cooking videos. Um, and I said, you know, I'm going to be prepared. And if I launch, it goes well, I'm going to have a lot of videos to, to put out there. And so I actually started posting on Instagram on, in June. June 21st was my first post. So it's only been a little bit over six months. Um, wow! Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. I know. Wow is right. Wow is right because <laughs> I, I was like, I hope this works, and I, maybe I'll have a few hundred followers, maybe a couple thousand by the end of the year. Um, and I and I'm you know got over a quarter million followers already, um, which was a good thing. Um, the only drawback is every single day, dozens of people, literally dozens of people, ask me. When are you going to do a cookbook? When are you going to do a cookbook? <laughs> you know, and right. I and I had no idea going in that it was going to be necessary to have a cookbook. So that was the furthest thing from my mind. And so now I'm kind of trying to, you know, um, kind of, you know, think about that and, and get started on on planning a cookbook. Yeah. Well, it'll be an instant bestseller. You have a ready and hungry, literally hungry audience for your your stuff <laughs> that you're doing. It's phenomenal. Exactly. Well, the way you present it, and it's just, um, I don't know, man, it's just, it's just pretty sweet. I love watching your videos. Like, I just like scroll, <laughs> like, go down into the, the, the flow of watching Javon present. And um, 
yeah. So let's talk about what you do, right? So what are you doing on your Instagram? Like, tell us, you know, because those maybe who aren't familiar with your brand and your your channel, love to talk about like, what would you like to see it? Like, where are you interested? What do you really enjoy about it? Like, tell us about that. Well, I mean, really connecting, you know? Um, so so, so my thing that inspired me to, to do Instagram is that when I was, um, you know, lost, so to speak, health-wise, and, and, I, and I knew I wanted to be healthy, but I didn't know what that meant. What, what do I do and how do I do it? Um, I didn't have a resource like the one that I'm trying to create where I could go there and say, hey, this is what you do. This is how you do it. And not only this, this is how you make it. Um, so I, my, my whole goal and my whole intention is just to create a page where people who want to make a change, you know, and eat healthier, um, I can help facilitate that with my site. And so it's a vegan page. Um, but I welcome all if you're, you know, I have a lot of people that say, Hey, I'm not a vegan, but I like these recipes and I like mm -hmm. this and, and that's, that's fine with me, but it's a vegan site, but I took it a little further. Um, I make all my food with no oil, no wheat, no refined sugar and no rice and very, very little processed ingredients. Um, I don't do a lot of things out of cans or bags or, you know, here and there I do, but not a lot. Um, so so um, it's not the only way to eat healthy vegan. I call it healthy vegan, but I, I don't want people to think that I'm saying, hey, this is healthy vegan, this and only this. If you're not eating this way, you're not eating healthy vegan. Mm -hmm. It's a title I put on it, but there are a lot of ways to eat healthy vegan. And you can include oil and those kind of things. But, but my intention again is just to create a page um, where people can come. And if you're interested in eating a vegan diet, you can do it and you can prepare the foods in a way that's healthy without adding the things that cause a lot of problems for people with weight and, um, and with diabetes and those kind of things. Mm. So where do you get inspiration, excuse me, for your recipes and how do you go about creating them, adding flavor? Like where does this skill set come from? Do you have culinary background or mom who knew how to cook? What, what was it? I don't have a culinary background at all. Um, it's just it's just desire um, because you know I want to eat good food. I want the food to taste good. And a lot of people ask me, how do you come up with these recipes? And and what I what I did early on, um, because again it was very incremental for me. I didn't say you know what I want to be a vegan that eats no oil, no wheat, no refined sugar. Mm -hmm. um, I just respond to what I learned. And so at first I just wanted to eat healthier, and that meant more plants, more fruits, more vegetables. Um, and I kind of slowly transitioned into vegan. And then I would read information about oil and how high calorie oil is, you know, offers very little nutrients and a lot of calories. Um, and I was like, okay, well, how can I cook without oil though? So I would take recipes from people that I liked or things that I knew how to make and say, okay, what can I do to replace this oil? What can I do? This is, they're using wheat, but how can I make, what kind of flour could I use? Um, sugar, how could I, how could I replace that sugar and still end up with the same type of flavor and taste. And so it was a lot of experimenting um, and just a lot of trial and error. And, um, and over time, I just learned how to adjust. And, and here's the other thing. I would find some recipes that were wheat-free or they might be refined sugar-free. Um, they might not have oil, but it wouldn't be all of them. But I might go to one place and learn, oh, this is how you replace the oil. Oh, this is how you replace the wheat. And so I kind of put it together. The light bulb went off. And so over time, I just learned how to make food without those things in them that still taste great. Mm. So maybe we can check each of these off. So where would you, what are some of the things that you've learned um, that work really well to replace oil, for example? It depends on what you're doing. Um, if, if you're baking and making desserts, um, I have a, a couple of videos um, on how to do that. 
uh, for one thing, I use uh, nut butters, right, to, to create moisture. Um, so um, it might be cashew butter, it might be almond butter, it might be tahini, um, but that's one way. Um, applesauce is another way to create moisture in dishes um, that you would typically use oil for. Um, so, you know, it just, it really depends on the dish. Uh, flax mixed with um, applesauce as well uh, can replace eggs. So, you know, there, there are different ways depending on what you're doing to, to add moisture to dishes. Mm -hmm. I've read it. I've uh, definitely done the flax egg with water, but I've never thought about adding it to applesauce. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Applesauce works for some things. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And then the nut butters too, for sure. Definitely wow. the nut butters. And then as far as the cooking part, because you know, a lot of people think, well, then how am I going to stir fry my veggies if I don't use oil? Mm -hmm. But I just use a little bit of water and then the vegetables are going to exude more water. And so that kind of gives you the liquid base to keep things from sticking. And it's just a matter of cooking. And really, you know, you retain more flavor, at least to my palate, you retain more flavor when you use water rather than oil. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you're baking, I line pans and, and um, uh, uh, pans and cookware with parchment paper instead of putting oil in the bottom and the parchment paper keeps things from sticking. So it uh, just depends on what you're making, but there, there are ways to, uh, to uh, substitute for the oil. Absolutely. And I want to jump back to where you mentioned your palate. So can we talk a little bit about, did your palate, your taste buds change? Because that's one thing I definitely hear Absolutely. a lot of patients say. But, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, um, so I studied under, I don't, have you heard of Dr. Furman? Oh yeah. I, oh, I have, I have a, I used to work for Dr. Furman as one of his medical directors, but yeah, we can definitely get into that. Oh, wow. Oh, oh wow. I got a long like, history. Like, oh, he's my health hero. I mean, you know, and I, and Dr. Greg or Dr. Clapper, mm -hmm. R.D. Brenda Russell, Dr. Esselson, uh, Dr. Mm -hmm. Bernard, Dr. All good McDougal. friends. Yeah. Right. Oh, well, okay. Well, great. And, and, <laughs> I, and, I've, and I've like studied all those guys. I've studied what they do, how they do it. I've read all their books. Mm -hmm. um, but Dr. Furman in particular, along with Dr. Gregor, are, are, are like my health heroes. And so um, it was studying under Dr. Furman um, that I realized, okay, he, he said, you know, that if it'll be difficult at first making a transition to no oil and no, and you'll go, this doesn't taste good. But if you give it time, your taste buds will recalibrate and what you eat is what you'll start to like. And by omitting the oil and omitting the sugar and minimizing or omitting the salt, you start to taste the true flavors of the food. And when, when he first said that, and I read that in his book, I was like, come on, are you kidding me? Like, my taste buds are going to change, and I'm going to like a salad? I'm going to like salad? That's never going to happen. <laughs> um, but, but, but like everything else he said, he was spot on. And it takes time. I think he says it takes six months to a year to totally get to where you can embrace the new food. Um, I don't know how long it took for me, because, again, it was very gradual. But absolutely, now I can tell you that I get just as much joy flavor-wise out of eating the foods that I eat now that, than eating the foods before, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's just night and day. So I love what I eat. I love the taste. Took a little time, but I, but I definitely do. Mm. I love that. Cause I, I just interviewed uh, Dr. David Spiegel. He's a, like a professor from uh, Stanford and he is uh, 40 years of uh, learning about hypnosis, but we are speaking regarding mindfulness and we spoke around food because, you know, obviously a lot of my work is dealing with patients and um, helping them eat healthier, but it really was to that point. He goes, you can enjoy delicious food and not have to have as much, but it's this mindset of appreciation and looking at food differently. Yeah. But so it kind of goes with that, but over time you will change your identity and your, and your habits. It's fascinating. Um, 
Yes, cool. So then as far as, so we have the oil piece and what about the sugar? Um, so, you know, a lot of people have a sweet tooth. My husband loves, 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 loves vegan ice cream. And if I can, I'll let him go to the store unattended because it comes home in these <laughs> little points. <laughs> so I just bought him like this, um, Tim Campbell, who's uh, plant from Plant Pure. Anyway, Nelson Campbell's wife, she told me about this creamery, this, uh, I'm looking at it right now. I haven't tried it yet, but it's called the, the Ninja Creamery and it's supposed to make this delicious ice cream because the way it turns. Yes. Do you have one of those? Yeah. I don't, but I have something similar though. Mm. Uh -huh. something so tell similar. us about sugar and sweetness. The sugar is an easy one though. I mean, sugar is an easy one to replace in recipes. Of, of, all the, of all the things I replace, I would say that that's the easiest. Mm. Um, but my sugar source is dates. Um, and uh, I, I kind of got that from Dr. Gregor. I, just, you know, I wanted to sweeten things. Uh, but I didn't want to use a refined sugar because of how you know detrimental it could be to your health. Um, but dates are 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 my go-to uh, for pretty much everything. Whether it's a hot drink, I've got a um, sweet potato latte I just posted um, the other day. Yes. Sweetened with dates. Yes. Um, yes. I got cakes sweetened with dates. Pies sweetened with dates. You do so anything. So mm -hmm. dates are definitely my go-to. And I usually take them and make date paste. So I'll take them and add a little water and um, and make a paste and then add that to things to sweeten it. Super easy. Tastes just as sweet as, as regular sugar, but without all the detrimental effects. And all you the still lovely have the fiber. fiber and the new, yep. Yes, yeah. fiber, antioxidants, it's all there. Absolutely, <clears throat> absolutely. And I love how you put on your recipes that you say, like, and if you are diabetic or something, you can use less dates. You know, you just give a little description of, of being able to do that, which is, which is great as well. So um, I'm curious also about, so we have... Uh, the oil, which is huge, the sugar, and then what about salt or those type of flavors? What do you do for that type of, or do you leave some salt in? Like, where is your stance or where, how do you uh, add more saltiness to a flavor, to a dish if you need it? I, I do use salt. I do use salt. And, and, and I really was being strategic because, um, you know, I'll occasionally get someone, uh, for example, I had a person write me the other day and I was making a, uh, what was I making, a chia pudding. And in that chia pudding, I use uh, organic cocoa powder, right? Mm. And they said, well, why don't you just use the whole beans and grind those and blah, blah, blah. So they wanted to make it, you know, just go to extreme. Wow. And, and that's okay. But I made the point to them, and, and this is about the salt, is that, you know, I've got the big picture in mind about, about how I want to present the food and, and how healthy I want it to be. But I but I have to relax it a little bit to draw people in. And I know my, the people who follow my page are going to see this and go, wait, is he tricking us? But, but the thing is, you know, if I started and I just post salads and I said, no oil, no wheat, no refined sugar, no salt, no, mm -hmm. you know, um, I, I just don't think it would be embraced the same. And right. so, uh, so some things I, I, I'll address a little later or start to, you know, ratchet down a bit. But right now, I definitely put salt in the recipes. It's still not, you know, I don't overdo it by any yeah. stretch. Yeah. Um, and I usually say salt to your taste uh, yeah. with every recipe. But, um, but salt is something I still include. Okay. And so as you started um, your adventures in the kitchen, what have been some of your most like surprising things that you've learned? Like, wow. And some of them, the most challenging, like what are, what are your wins and some of your challenges? Oh boy. Good question. That's a question I've never been asked. Um, <laughs> so you're saying some things that were, that I were surprisingly pleasant or easy. Yeah. Said, either wow. one hard or yeah. Mm -hmm. You're like, dang, that worked out. Fantastic. <laughs> you know what? I probably would say um, uh, two things, the mushrooms and the dates. So 
you know, um, a lot of people have trouble obviously giving up meat, right? But to me, meat is more about texture than it is about flavor, you know? And so what I've learned that really surprised me and, and pleasantly is that mushrooms can really kind of um, give that texture that and that mouthfeel that people are used to, mm-hmm. right? And so by learning, if you learn how to season it right and, and, and how to handle it right, you would think that you're eating those things that you grew up eating that maybe are so difficult to give up. So that was a very, very pleasant surprise. Um, just mm-hmm. the ability of mushrooms to mimic the texture um, of meat because that, that, that really helps people. That really helps mm-hmm. people. Um, and then the dates. Um, just, you know, I, I, I just never in my wildest dream thought, oh, I could sweeten something without sugar. I could just add this or add that. And it would actually be healthy, a healthy mm-hmm. choice. So I would say those are the two things, the dates and the, and the mushrooms are the most awesome. pleasant surprises. Mm-hmm. And what has been the most challenging thing to overcome? Um, most challenging thing. That's a tough one. Um, well, well, I'll say this. So um, a, a lot of people have allergies um, and they're allergic to nuts. Um, and I use a lot of nuts. Um, if you're going to do vegan cooking and you're going to be baking and, and, um, and making sauces, you know, cashews are kind of like the thing. Cashews are tofu. And a lot of people are allergic to nuts. And a lot of people are a little off put by tofu. At least that's what I'm finding. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, and so I would say uh, just just trying to make recipes because I listen, my whole thing is facilitating people. So when I, I really take it to heart, if someone writes me and they do and say, hey, can you can you make a nut free version of this? Like I take it to heart and, and I've been um, and I've been really working on recipes that are nut free. Um, sometimes it's not possible depending on what it is. But the biggest challenge is just is just trying to make something that uh, that can be enjoyed by, you know, everyone which is Mm. very difficult to do when you, when you account for allergies and those kind of things. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I think one of my favorite things that's an easy go-to is soy curls. Um, They're just fascinating. I love soy because it's so healthy for you and just phenomenal as far as, far as like breast cancer reduction risk and osteoporosis and yeah, protein. It's just, it's a great tofu tempeh, you name it. I'm a huge fan. Um, but I'd like to kind of step back and go back to the mushrooms. Um, you know, tell me a little bit about like, how do you like, what do you like? Is there certain flavors of mushrooms, like certain types of mushrooms? Because of course there's one of the G-bombs or Furman's um, right. mushrooms. Right. And mm-hmm. so where, like, what's your favorite way to pre- prepare them? What type of, you like shiitake or the portobellas or like, tell me a little bit about your, your mushrooms that you like to work with. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm about variety when it comes to anything, whether it's fruit, vegetables, nuts, seeds. I like a variety because they all offer some of the things are the same, but they all offer something that's a little different. Um, so I use probably about eight or nine different mushrooms. <clears throat> I found that if I'm trying to make a dish that traditionally would have been made with beef, mm. uh, portobello are, are, the, are the better mushrooms because they're really kind of meaty and dense. Um, so I use those for that. And then if I'm making something that traditionally would be used, um, you know, like a chicken type dish, then either oyster mushrooms or the mataki mushrooms are my go-to for those. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then, you know, if I'm just making a, you know, some kind of a stir fried vegetable or, or something like that, then I'll use anything. I'll use button, cremini, uh, shiitake, you know, you, you name it. Um, everything is, is fair game there. Yeah. Mm, excellent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mushrooms are so good for you. Oh, my goodness. Um, yes. spend an hour just talking about the health benefits of mushrooms and perfect. And so, um, many, many, many people, if I don't ask questions about your personal eating habits and what you like to eat on a day-to-day -day basis, right. I will get emails. <laughs> um, and right. so I just try to remember to always ask, so what are your, your favorite meals that you like to eat throughout the day? What is, what is, what are you eating? Well, you know, the only thing I don't like about that question, <clears throat> it's a good question. Right. But I always hope it doesn't come because I'm boring. I'm so boring, Lord, because <laughs> the thing is, no, seriously, Monday through Friday, I eat the same thing. Like Monday through Friday, I eat the same thing. And it sounds, it, it makes me sound so crazy and weird, like, man, that dude's wacko. So um, so I'll tell you if you want to hear it. But yes, it, but I want to know, because if you okay. don't, I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> okay, well, so when I, when I wake up each morning, I, I get up a couple hours early before I have to leave out. And um and I eat a, a a mix of ground seeds, so chia seeds, broccoli seeds. It's always funny to say this. So chia <laughs> seeds, broccoli seeds, um, flax seeds, um, sesame seeds. Um, uh, what am I? I walnuts, one Brazil nut for the selenium, um, tomato paste because it's such a so good for the prostate. Um, a lot of lipopene, um, and then some uh, uh, amala. And um, and what am I leaving out? Oh, and some black uh, cumin uh, powder. So wow. that, I, I take that mixture with a tomato paste and I mix it up. Now, okay. obviously, I'm not eating this for taste. I'm, not I'm like, I'm like, wow, those are some serious. <laughs> oh, and turmeric and turmeric and black pepper, a little turmeric and a little black pepper to help absorb it. So so I mix. I'm, I'm serious. I mix all that in a bowl. I have it pre-done. I, I make like seven of them uh, mm -hmm. every Sunday for mm -hmm. the week. And so I come down, I add my tomato paste, I, I mix, I mix it up and I eat it and I don't wow. like it. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't love it by any means, but I look at it like, you know, some people get up and take multivitamins or they get up and, you know, take medicine. I like, to me, that's like my multivitamin, uh, only it's whole foods that I'm buying whole and I'm grinding them up myself and eating it. And so, um, and so that covers a lot of things for me from the omega threes. And, and I do take a, um, I do take a um, a supplement, omega supplement, mm -hmm. and I take B12 and I take D3. So mm -hmm. so I take those those three things. And those daily. are what I recommend for patients daily. Absolutely. There you go. So so I take those three with my seed um, tomato paste uh, mixture, and that's my breakfast literally seven days a week. Okay. Seven days a week. Okay. okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure then... no one else on earth does that, but yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, Dr. Gregor. Dr. Gregor does something similar. I've heard him talk about his mix. It's a little different. He uses some wheat germ and some other things. Uh -huh. um, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, that that's kind of, uh, <laughs> that, that's my, that's my go-to. So seven All days right. a week, that's my breakfast. Okay. And then, um, and then I'll come uh, home later in the day, usually between two or four o'clock. I eat that at about five o'clock in the morning. So I like to put windows, you know, long windows around my body to, to digest, detox and cleanse. And then maybe around four or five o'clock in the, uh, in the evening, I'll come home and I have a big salad. And it's literally like 30 ingredients. I mean, red pepper, yellow pepper, green pepper, um, uh, all kinds of sprouts, you know, radish sprouts, alfalfa sprouts, broccoli sprouts, you name it. Um, and then about three different, four different kinds of onions, yellow onion, red onion, green onion, I eat leeks, 
um, you know, microgreens. I mean, this, this, this is a huge salad. It's in like a, a, a serving size bowl. Wow. And um, I eat that with a bowl of mushrooms. Um, it'll have about three or four different types of mushrooms in it. And, um, and then either some quinoa with black beans um, or some hummus. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my lunch, literally. And I, and I do an avocado sauce over it. I mix avocado, uh, lemon, and a couple of dates. And so that's my sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I put some pum fu on top. You ever heard of pum fu? No. What is that? A lot of people haven't heard of pum fu. I'm going to be making some and doing a video in, in a few weeks, but it's um it's it's something that you can use instead of regular tofu with soybeans. It's made out of pumpkin seeds, oh. but it looks like the texture, the look, it's just like um tofu. Has a ton of protein, as you know, um uh lots of zinc uh, because it's made zinc. out of pumpkin yeah seeds. pumpkin seeds yeah. So, but anyway, so um, so I take some of that and I and I make it in some uh, liquid aminos to give it a, a flavor, like kind of like a bacony flavor, okay. and I put that over my salad. But that I, I eat that literally uh, five days a week, and then for dessert a couple hours later, I eat a bowl of about six or seven different berries along with some pomegranate seeds and kiwi. So blueberries, blackberries, strawberries, mm-hmm. um, you know, kiwi, cherries, that kind of thing, and I, that's my dessert. But wow. I, that's I I literally do that every day. Every day. So all these delicious dishes that you're making, you're not consuming those? I do that on the weekend. So that's why I was oh, saying Monday through Friday. Gotcha. Now, now I eat the same breakfast every day, right? Gotcha. But then on the weekend, depending on what I made, if, if I just make, because um, I'll make about two or three videos in a day, right? Oh, so I'll make about two or three videos. Yes. And and if it's a, a even, if I make a dessert, then that, that weekend, I won't have the berries. I'll eat that dessert. Um, I if, I, if I make a main dish, then I won't have the salad. I'll have that as a main dish. So uh, that that's how I handle that. Whatever I make over the weekend is 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 what I what I eat. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I have a smoothie every single morning. I make a big thing of Vitamix. I split it with myself and my husband, and it's the it's the same stuff every single time. So, um, nice. but yeah, but the amla powder is it's a and the turmeric. I'm just adding this all through my head. And go, hmm. I just might mm-hmm. have to just try it just to see what it tastes like because I, I love all of those things. But wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, um, I don't, I don't think you'll like the taste. Yeah, but but, but yeah. If I may, real quick, one thing I wanted to mention. Uh, forget the question you asked me, but it had popped in my head that I didn't get to say. I think you're asking me about how long it took for my taste buds to yeah to recalibrate. Yeah. One part that I didn't mention about that, and, and this is this is in line with what we're talking about with mixing all these things that don't taste so good and ending up with this end result of something that doesn't taste that good. But there's a mental um, satisfaction that I get. Um, I, I tell people all the time, the foods that I ate before I started eating healthy, they tasted good and I loved them. The foods I eat now taste good and I love them, but there's a mental element now. It's something about knowing that I'm giving my body what it needs that that is so satisfying on a deeper level though i mean seriously that may sound corny but i'm i'm mm-hmm. telling you it's something about knowing knowing that what you're putting in just just looking at the kale and looking at the microgreens and, and having them in my hands and then eating them something about knowing you know what i'm taking care of myself mm-hmm. it boosts your self esteem because you're showing yourself that you care about you mm-hmm. you, you follow me like, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm doing this and how can I, how could I not have high self-esteem? How could I not have confidence? How could I not be happy with myself when I'm treating myself this way? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. And so it's, it's. Yes. So let's go back a second to the 90 year, 90 pound heavier you 
Do you feel yes. like you were disassociated with your body in the sense like you were just feeding whatever, like emotions versus like, was there a connection? Do you feel like a mind-body connection of like, wow, my body is me and that, that you know, you, I, it's like, because I, I know with patients, so I've been a doctor for 20 years, right? And so I'm, I'm, when I sit back and I look at patients, it's almost like they react and they never think about the actions they're doing that are to their body. But when they start self-loving and they, they can see that, like, for example, I may put a continuous glucose monitor on where they can see like what the blood sugars do on a like real life, real time basis. Um, so it makes me think, right, that you, you're speaking of self-love and loving your body as you, as part of you. Do you feel like there was a dissociation or maybe not? I don't know. I'm just, that's where my brain goes. Well, I mean, I think I was just oblivious to the whole concept, you know, um, because, you know, and, and that's the, that's the, I mean, you know, it's the sad reality is that, you know, I, I, you know, I came up around family members and people in my neighborhood who ate the way I ate. So it was, mm -hmm. so it, it never dawned upon me. There was a different way to eat. You hear, oh, eat your fruits and veggies. You hear that, but that's the extent of what I heard. I didn't know how to incorporate that. I didn't think about it. And so um, like so many people, unfortunately, I never really thought, what am I doing to myself when I eat this food until I had a medical issue? Mm -hmm. And then I was like, whoa, okay. And, it, and, and you start to uh, reevaluate, or at least that's what happened with me. And, and then in doing my research and people were telling me, hey, no, what you eat can change your, your outcome. You know what I mean? Like, like there, there are pathways that are activated when you eat cruciferous vegetables and you get the sephorophane and you get, and the NRF2 processes activate just all the things. I'm like, whoa, really? Wait, what? So, mm -hmm. um, so to answer your question directly, I had no concept of my body being a separate entity. It was just, mm -hmm. I'm just me and I'm just eating, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, but now, now I really understand. Mm -hmm. That mind, body and loving yourself and loving your body. I love that. That's, that's really cool. The cool thing though, I think is really fun is to see people's curiosity turned on by these type of things, right? So the change, so there's some, you know, like reminds me of when we were little and everything is so new and exciting. And, or as a parent, you see your kids, they're like the, for the first time they touch. I remember Jonathan, he helped set this up, right? I mean, he was like 11 months old and we got him to the beach and we touched sand and he was like, you know, the eyes like, yeah. what is this, right? It's just that really fun curiosity and you know a friend of mine is Dr. Judd Brewery does a lot of work on mindfulness and he speaks to curiosity as your superpower so I feel like that's your superpower right you have this amazing curiosity for the foods mm. and the, the knowledge mm -hmm. and the science behind them that's really helped you make some amazing changes and now you're touching other people's lives so that's really cool absolutely and uh, you know it's just the way I'm wired so it's, it's no it's no credit to me it's just who I am but but that certainly helped me um, to transition, just that I'm a curious person and I like to learn. Mm -hmm. um, and the more I learn, the more I want to learn. And mm -hmm. so um, and so when I dwelled into the to the science behind eating and 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 the different um, approaches, um, my curiosity just blossomed and just grew and 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 it's and I and it's still there. I was telling the person um, in my comments section today, um, they were asking me, um, I forget the question. It was about a food, but at the end, I was telling them, you know, I'm not sure on that. I was like, you know, you know, the the field of health and nutrition is is massive, is vast, and and it's ever evolving. And what's cutting edge today may be outdated five or ten years from now. The idea may change, 
And so I'm always going to be a student of nutrition and, and health. And, um, and, and I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. I, I really like how you bring in the science of it in your own story and the food and making it taste good and, you know, taking Furman's work and kind of putting it in a new audience in a new way. I think that's, that's fantastic. So what would you say the, the biggest lesson that you've learned in your journey is like when you reflect back over, you know, the last few years, where do you, where do you feel like, wow, this was something that I had to go through this journey to learn? Like, where, where do you find yourself kind of landing there? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, there's, there's, I can't say that there's one specific thing, but it's just overall the power that food has. And, and, you know, um, again, on the way, you know, when I first started, you know, um, researching food and this kind of thing, I was learning different things. And then one day, <clears throat> excuse me, I, um, I was online and I came up on a word I hadn't heard, epigenetics. And I'm like, mm. epigenetics, what's, what's epigenetics? And I started to, you know, learn about it and I read a few books and I got really curious about it. I didn't realize that, you know, I thought your genes were your genes and what they are is what they are. And for some things like eye color, they are, it is what it is, but there are other genes and that the way they express is up to you. It's, it's, it's what, what do you give them? What's the environment? How do you feed them that can determine, um, you know, how those genes express and then telomeres, you know, that we, we have these telomeres and that certain things will lengthen them and certain things will shorten them. And then that's kind of indicative of, of your lifespan. So so these things like really, really drove home for me the power of food and nutrition. So just that right there is the thing that is just like, you know, been the biggest surprise is that, wow, food is just powerful. Like you really can extend your health span and your lifespan solely by what you put in your body. Mm, absolutely. And that it's absolutely 100%. So speaking of that, I, I really like to ask um, guests, especially in this realm and what your, your work is, is where would you advise someone who's maybe curious and getting started? Maybe they stumbled across um, your Instagram or maybe they come across this, you know, on YouTube or the podcast, where would you suggest someone get started? Like, cause it's a bit of a woman. I feel like patients, they, they don't, we've lost the art of cooking. Um, we've literally just sanctioned that to, you know, the fast food joints and restaurants and to our detriment but what what is the some of the easy skills or easy places to get started hmm um well okay um you know the the answer to that is so it it is just so personal to who who that person is and how they're wired Mm -hmm. I mean I've found personally that there's not one approach that works Mm -hmm. you know um, it's kind of an individual thing. Um, I tried to create my page so that no matter what you like to eat, I have something there that's similar um, to what you like. So if, if, if you like salads, I got all kinds of salads. If you like hummus, I got all kinds of hummus. But if you're someone trying to transition away from burgers and chicken and, and a lot of pies and cakes, I've got those things too, you know, but without the detrimental ingredients. So um, you know, I would shepherd that person to my page and say, look, get in where you fit in. Find, look, look through these recipes. Yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, see, see what appeals to you. Um, think about what you eat now that you really enjoy and then find that version on my page and learn how to make that. 
and learn how to make that. Um, but I do want to say that um, the two things for me that are the most important um, if you want to um, transition to, to better health um, is, the, is the want to and the knowledge. You know, I always tell people, if, if you got the want to, I got the know-how. I can't supply both. I can't. You know, I can't cheer it on. Because if, you're, if your motive for changing is external, well, what happens when that's removed? If you need a particular person to cheer you on, what happens when they're not cheering? You know, it, it has to be here. At least this is, again, this is for me. It has to be here. But if you've got the want to, um, and then you get the knowledge, the possibilities are endless, you know? Mm. Um, so so that's, I set my page up with that in mind. There's a lot of education there. I do talks on things like zinc and iron and, you know, you name it. I do talks on rice alternatives, et cetera. Um, but then I show you how to make them too. You know, um, so so I try to make it comprehensive. So I would encourage a person to go to my, my page or a page like mine. Doesn't have to be my page, um, and uh, and start making things that are healthy. Mm, absolutely. Which reminds me, we didn't speak to rice. How? What do you do to replace rice? Like, what are some of your favorite things? So someone's like, the rice is a staple, or like, where do you feel like they're good substitutes for rice? Yeah, well, 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 first of all, if someone says to me, look, I, I, I can't give up rice, rice is a staple, I say, okay. I mean, I, I, I have a no pressure approach and I don't have a mind is better than yours attitude. You know, um, I had someone write me today, what did they say to me? Um, oh boy, here we go. Uh, but they, they said something, it might've been about rice actually, about they eat rice all the time and, and I'm still a healthy vegan. And I said, yes, you are, that's fine, that's okay. You know, there's not one way to be a healthy vegan. But to right. answer your question directly, um, my go-tos are millet. Okay. Millet has a lot of resistant starch. So it, it resists uh, digestion until it gets um, lower down the process. And so it feeds your good uh, gut bacteria. Um, has a lot of calcium. In fact, I think it has more calcium than any other grain. If not, it's very close. Um, and so millet is one. And I love it. It tastes good, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, quinoa is another one because it's so high in protein. Um and then uh, cauliflower rice is the other thing that, uh, that I use. So th I would say those three. Quinoa is probably the one I use the most, uh, mm -hmm. but some of it is decided by what I'm making. It just depends mm -hmm. on what I'm making. But those are, my, those are my three favorites. Absolutely. Fantastic. This is excellent. And so, yes, I, everything about what you're saying is absolutely true. And, you know, stamp of approval for everything you're doing. I think it's fabulous from a doctor standpoint. So I would definitely refer patients to your direction. That would be no, oh, no qualms about doing that at all. And um, so, yes, I know people are saying cookbook, cookbook, cookbook. I know you're working on all that. I don't want to pressure you, but uh, we're all eagerly awaiting um, the deliciousness that you might put in a cookbook. And um, this is fabulous. So thank you for, you know, your time and everything you're doing and uh, putting your goodness out in the world. Absolutely. And I do want to say to everyone, you know, and I say this to people when they ask about the cookbook, in the meantime, the recipes are free. And that's another thing I do because on other sites, people say, hey, look, I appreciate that your recipes are accessible. They're there. They're easy. Uh, they're detailed. Um, on every video that I have, there's a little arrow underneath that says recipe tap here. You tap on that, that arrow, there's a recipe. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I'm, I'm happy about that part. I don't have to cook yet. It's going to be a while, <laughs> but in the meantime, you still can make anything because it, mm -hmm. it's all right there. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Perfect. Well, thank you. And, um, everyone, uh, definitely check it out. It's healthy vegan eating on Instagram and YouTube and 
TikTok? TikTok as well, but Instagram is it has a lot more. Um, yes. Okay. Absolutely. Gotcha. Perfect. Um, this is fantastic. So again, thank you for your time today. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for watching, and I hope you enjoyed that video. Before you go though, please hit the subscribe and alert buttons so you don't miss out on any of the amazing content we're working so hard to provide you. We upload a new episode of Health and Mora with Dr. Lori Marbus every Friday. Now, if you'd rather listen to the podcast, you can find us on all the major platforms such as iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and even Spotify. If you're looking for amazing resources to help you start and sustain a plant-based diet, exercise, recipes, or anything wellness, we got you covered there too. Because at Mora, we actually provide physician-led support groups to help people live happier, healthier lives free of metabolic disease. Don't forget to check out our website at mora.com. And thanks again for watching.